0: Welcome back to the Wrong Advice Podcast. I'm your host, John Paciuto, and I'm very excited to have my good friend, Mr. Drew Schnelli, aka Drew Photo, on with us today. Drew, how you doing, buddy?
1: Dude, I'm doing good. Um, thanks for having me, man. Ah, I love podcasts and I love talking to people. So, dude, I'm excited, especially to talk to you, man. I huh. think it's going to be a blast.
0: I appreciate that. Can you uh, give a quick introduction to the listeners and who Mr. Drew Photo is?
1: yeah so uh my name's drew spelled d-r-u-e um never been able to get a cool little gas station name tag but uh (laughs) i'm a portrait photographer uh well you know i'm not a portrait photographer i'm a photographer uh i I specialize in portraits and um dabbled in products dabbled in streets in everything photography but mainly portrait stuff um I, I gained an audience um, back in 2019 for posting, um, you know, behind the scenes photos and the final images with my portrait work. Uh, so that's what I'm most well known for uh, as well as the, uh, the product stuff. So I've uh, been able to work with companies like Adidas and Lexar and just some really cool things that I never thought I would be doing honestly when I picked up a camera. So uh, yeah, dude, it, it's wild all from social media. So yeah, that's a little bit about me and that's at least the surface right
0: yeah that's pretty but cool yeah
1: thanks thanks for having me here man oh,
0: i'm very excited for this conversation so tell me when did uh when did you pick up a camera for the first time
1: yeah so um it was probably ooh, six years ago what year is it we're in 2022 huh um <laughs> Some, wow. somehow six seven years i can't remember it was uh, it was about that time um i wasn't i actually got the camera and never used it for Mm -hmm. probably the first year like I used it enough to like learn like what shutter speed was and what aperture was but I didn't know really much right Mm -hmm. I was just proud that I could shoot manual mode um at that time and so it was probably about six years ago I picked up a camera and just started uh fiddling with it and and that sort of thing and
0: uh, what were you doing like work-wise when that, like for a career? Ah, that's a good
1: question. Uh, I worked at the Apple store.
0: Nice.
1: <laughs> yeah. I was a Apple uh, retail employee, <laughs> not a genius. it wasn't a genius. I was like, I don't want that responsibility. You guys can do that. I'll stick to the sales specialist at the front, you know? So I, I was like the person primarily that um, when you walk into a store, they have, uh, what's called like on point, which is basically just the person trying to get you to where you need to be. It's mm-hmm. like, Hey, are you here to buy stuff? Okay. Let me get you with my sales guy or Hey, you're here to fix something. Let me have you talk to my, you know, uh, technician over here that can help you out with that. So I was kind of that as well as sales specialist, but I'd also worked there for so long that I knew a lot of the technical side of things too. I just didn't want to, yeah. <laughs> hey, they weren't paying anybody enough to go switch over to that side. So yeah, like but that. yeah, I was a I was an Apple specialist.
0: That's pretty um, cool.
1: Worked there for yeah four years.
0: Where did uh, Where did you
1: grow up? I'm from Kansas City, uh, Kansas City, Kansas. Well, that's what I say. It's a little bit more south from Kansas City, about thirty minutes. But uh, yeah, just you know, very middle to high class suburban area. So honestly, very bland. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know, getting older recognizing that it's um it's weird it's it's its own little bubble it's a really nice area so it's very nice very clean good public school systems very you know family oriented and all that stuff and um yeah did you hear that discord (laughs) notification no i did not no okay 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 i just didn't want that to
0: Cut that! Cut that! Yeah, I didn't get it, but it's all good. Okay, cool. Um, So, grown up, I uh, was had a very similar upbringing. uh, Upper middle class, you know, white suburban high school. Mm -hmm. I think we had like four black kids in my high school, Um, so not very diverse. A lot of Italians, a lot of Jewish kids. Like, you know, mostly upper white middle class. Um, Did well in school. Went to an okay college. Fucked around for four years. Don't know how I graduated on time. And spent like my entire 20s just doing whatever the fuck I wanted without any real direction or idea of what I wanted to be or do with my life. Um, But I have always felt like everything about that time period was the next thing, right? So it was very focused on graduating high school to get into college, doing okay in college so you can get the first job, get the first job so you can get the second, third, and the fifth job. Um, But talk to me about that like sort of uh, time frame in your life where you know, you're going through high school in the college area and then like sort of how your career ended up falling into yeah. the photography realm.
1: Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Are you ready for this? I am. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, it's, uh, yeah, I'll try and keep it short cause this, it could be a very easily uh, a long conversation. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, so from like high school into college and to where I am now, there's been a lot that's gone on. So, uh, just a little pre history before, high school I was uh, I'm a very athletic person so I played traveling sports uh, for you know baseball basketball soccer so that was my life going into high school right mm-hmm. um, but in high school I was uh, freshman year I was four foot ten 90 pounds wow. so super small um, didn't go through puberty till senior year <laughs> uh, yeah so I had to take growth hormone for three years in high school wow so a shot in the legally. butt every single nice. night yes legally i know i'm like dude i wish i would have known more bro i, I would have been like getting yoked bro like just came out of this transformation just like a ripped fucking you know what i mean yeah i'm like because it was like while i was doing that it, it was funny because like roger clemens uh a pitcher for the new york yankees yeah. was getting in trouble for taking hgh which is what i was taking and i'm like wait what this is i'm literally just taking steroids is what i'm doing legal steroids Uh, and so yeah so i did that and um basically since i was so small all the high school teams didn't really i I just made all the worst teams even though like outside of high school i was playing with all the kids that made varsity Mm -hmm. um and so it i just was like done with sports at that time right it's just what i had done my entire life i'm like i just i'm sick of this i can't do it uh people were getting bigger and i was just so tiny right um to, put it into perspective at sixteen. They did like a bone scan of of uh, of myself, and i my bone structure was that of a twelve year old when I was sixteen. Wow. So it looks like I was twelve as a junior almost in high school. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah, so wild. So I got into video games during this time, and video games took over my life. Um, I played Call of Duty a lot of nice. Call of Duty. Um, A lot of crazy stories in there that we just don't have time to get into. But I, uh, over those four years in high school, I built uh, an audience on Call of Duty YouTube back in uh, like 2008, 2009, right? So very early YouTube. So I was technically one of the first kind of like wave of content creators on YouTube that got paid. Wow. Um, yeah. I was partnered with machinima, which there's a whole backstory on that, <laughs> <laughs> but I was partnered with them and I was getting paid. Uh, it was $2 to $2 and $2. 50 cents per a thousand views. Wow. Right. So no matter where the views came from, whether it be a video that I posted a year ago or, you know, whatever, anything that happened in that month, that's what I would get paid for which was fantastic when i went into college right yeah um and so basically at the end of my call of duty career i had twenty-three thousand subscribers uh in 2011 uh so i know all the all the big people in gaming right now um a good chunk of them were subscribed to me at one point because i was kind of like that first generation kind of call of duty sniper kid right all the montages all the trick shotting all of that stuff i was I was there before all of that. I've, wow. Yeah, I was a part of that community. So I'm, I'm also a like a Call of Duty sniping founding father <laughs> <laughs> in some people's minds, right? That's awesome. uh, so. That's cool. It's cool. It's a cool thing. But it was just really bad for me. Um, you know, online uh, internet gaming uh, community was extremely toxic back then. Uh, it was very ego driven. Like you just had to be that's just how you survived in that environment. Right. If anybody was on the internet at that time, you would understand. Um, and so it was just really bad for my mental health. Uh, this is also when I discovered alcohol and, um, yeah, discovered alcohol and at 18, cause I was like, I'm going to college. Everybody <laughs> drinks, right. Yeah. I, I've seen the movies. I, I should probably try this out. Um, basically fell in love with alcohol, uh, because I was, um, I was depressed. I, I had low self-esteem. Um, you know, probably didn't help that I was super short and didn't go through puberty till senior year. Got braces in college, you know, <laughs> it's a you know,
0: yeah. The, recipe this time. For
1: yeah, the recipe for being a player in college, right? <laughs> 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 and so, um, I got into alcohol, it was really bad. I was a blackout drinker, um, only drank for a year. And at 19, I uh, I went to rehab, wow. I went to rehab in uh, Minnesota, um. It's, uh, it was Hazelden at the time. It's now the Betty Ford foundation. Um, and yeah, I, I, I was just, I was suicidal and a blackout drinker. So, you know, two bad things, you know, not going together. And, uh, my uncle actually growing up was a crack cocaine addict and he had gone to Hazelden. And at that point he had been like 10 years clean. Right. So my family was adamant. They're like, "You cuz you got an interview to go in there. They're like, "You make your story sound awful. <laughs> you better get into this rehab facility." Like my grandma was like yelling at me. She's like, "You tell them the worst." Which, you know, back then when I was thinking about it, I was like, "Man, I don't want to lie to these people, but it's like but you're going to soften your own experiences, right? It's mm-hmm. not going to be like especially if you're in that situation. It's like you know, I was, when I was intoxicated, like trying to jump in front of cars, uh, you know, (laughs) to, to kill myself. Uh, I was just that, it's just how it was for whatever reason. I was in a very dark place, a very low place in my life. Um, and so, you know, went to rehab at 19 had, uh, had a great experience. I probably didn't figure my shit out till like three weeks in. (laughs) So I'm glad I figured it out, but It was a life changing experience. Um, I love talking about it because it's just so incredible. Um, And, you know, it's I'm I want to be the person that changes that reaction that everybody has when I tell somebody to go to rehab, The, the, the day that I tell somebody random that I went to rehab and their reaction is like, congratulations, dude, that's awesome. I will be happy because the number one thing I get is, oh, I'm sorry. And it's like, well, no. why are you sorry? Like, why? Yeah, this isn't. No, you shouldn't be sorry. Yeah. Like, this is the best thing that's ever happened to me. Well, I was going to say that people don't know that. Yeah. You
0: know? Well, number one, obviously, congratulations. That's incredible because you are now what? Thank you. 10 boss. years sober.
1: Almost, bro. It's yeah. Uh, yeah. I just hit nine and a half two weeks ago, wow. which is crazy.
0: So, think. I mean, in my experience, <clears throat> and I have I have a you know family of uh, you know a couple members of my family who have alcoholism and I had an uncle who passed away from alcoholism. Mm. So like I'm acutely aware of the addiction uh, that uh, you know can how it can play in someone's life. Um, I'm not sure I know very many people sub you know 25 that can recognize in themselves that they need to get help in order to live. Um, mm. that is an incredibly, incredibly strong mindset to be able to be that level of self-aware at such a young age.
1: It, it took a while. And um, the, like the big experience for me was so, so I was like obsessed with uh finding somebody, right. I was such a hopeless romantic. I was like, I'm going to find somebody that's going to fix all my issues. Right. Like I was just really obsessed with um like women and all that stuff and i think it's just because i never got to experience that growing up just because i was so short and you know all that and so i think that definitely plays into it but um but yeah i had an experience in rehab where i was into this girl that which you're not supposed to fraternize in rehab because they're like you're here for you you're not supposed to be talking to the other sex and all that and Um, she started talking to somebody else while we were like, still, you know, it's stupid. I'm like, dude, I was talking to her for like a week or whatever, but you know, like I was so into her and then it just like broke me completely again. Right. And I was like, why do I keep doing this to myself? Like, why, why is this happening? And this is like the third week into rehab, right? They literally called my mom and were like, he's not doing good. Like he's not treating this seriously, like all this stuff. And, um, I almost got kicked out because you're not supposed to do it. They found out about it. Right. But at that moment, I was like, I just want to be happy. That's what I put on top of my list of everything. Everything else moved aside. And the only ones I wanted in my life was to be happy. And so I took everything and did everything that I could uh, to be happy. I started taking the meditation seriously. I started doing daily affirmations. I started going to all the extracurricular activities that they had at rehab. Uh, Cause they have all these things. You don't have to go to them. They're not forcing you to do it. Right. Mm-hmm. It's really up to you to do that. Um, and so started going to all these things, started reading the book, started, you know, really diving in and like really figuring out myself. And um, yeah, no, as a 19 year old I was probably the youngest person there and uh, people really admired that. And uh, something that I struggled with was that my story wasn't anything close to a lot of these people that I went to rehab with, right? Like, I, I've heard terrible things, uh, extremely yeah. sad, terrible things that have happened to these people. Um, and, you know, I, I people did question, they were like, why are you even here? Like, you just seem like a, a frat boy that just, you know, had too much fun. And, uh, you know, that I really thought about that you know like a lot of the times i'm like why am i here because it's like all i did was black out on the weekends and wanted to die you know but it's not nothing compared to losing some of the stories that i'm hearing and like you know they've lost their house their family their their loved ones they've been abused they you know like homeless like all the like crazy stuff right and so um but you know i just i realized that i was just fortunate and got there early um i i figured out the issue earlier i got kind of forced into the situation right um but i'm grateful for that because i figured it out early and it's still a daily thing right like every single day it's something that i got to work on even this last year i've been slipping up um with everything and the the recent experience with my brother who we just dropped off at rehab the other day has been uh very eye-opening uh, to me, and it's been a lot of just reminders. I've been in big brother rehab mode for the last week, you know, mm-hmm. um, and so it's been good. It's been a good reminder, even as, as scary as the situation was, you know, almost seeing my brother die, essentially. <laughs> um, it's been good. It's been a good experience. It's been a good reminder. Um, anytime anything like that happens, it's always a reminder, uh, to why I'm doing what I'm doing, why I went in the first place. And yeah, so no, I am very proud of myself as a 19 year old for going into rehab and doing that. I got a lot of praise from the people who were in their thirties, forties, fifties. Um, they were honestly shocked that I was there. Uh, and so, yeah, yeah I mean, no, it's, that it's, it's good.
0: That level of self-awareness is, is obviously incredibly uncommon Um, and you said a couple things that I both loved and I think are crucially important is that you wanted to be happy. Um, I think it's very easy for people to go about their lives thinking that external validation will provide them that happiness, right? So like the the whoever they're dating or whatever car they're driving or whatever job they have will provide them the validation that will make them happy. And then when you start getting the things that are supposed to validate you and give you happiness and they don't You have a tough time figuring out, well, why am I not satisfied? Why am I not happy? Um, Because I was there, you know, were it not for the pandemic, like I would have been working a miserable job forever that I wasn't happy doing, but it paid me a lot of money. So that made me happy, right? Because I was making a lot of money. And I think to have that level of awareness at 19, to know that you weren't happy, that you were questioning your desire to be alive and then go fix it is incredible, Um, I am super curious how the, the last couple weeks with your brother, um, how that level of stress has impacted a multitude of things, right? Your creativity, your soberness and, and everything that kind of factors into your day to day life.
1: Yeah, no, it's, um, it's been, yeah, it's been an experience, uh, to, to, yeah, to tell you real quick what happened. Basically he almost drank himself to death. He was five times over the legal limits, almost put himself into like a, basically he was in like an alcohol induced coma. Mm -hmm. Uh, He was just blacked out. Um, He he was at work when it happened. And um, basically he passed out at work and they didn't know if he was breathing. So they called the ambulance. Um, So when, you know, I got that call from his girlfriend, was really weird i reacted very weirdly to to the situation i like became super numb because you know she's just like hey kyler is uh in the ambulance he's on his way to the hospital all i know is that they said like they she heard in the background somebody say check if he's still breathing and she's like and that's yeah so i just became super numb just like you know very robotic almost in a way it was, it's very kind of scary honestly when Defense i think about mechanism, it yeah um yeah it was just like okay what hospital is he headed to um we'll meet you there uh you know drive safe we'll see you in a little bit um and we got there and uh it was nobody really knew what was happening because um you know they gave him narcan and that sort of stuff to see if it was narcotics and um that didn't do anything so it wasn't narcotics they thought it could have been possibly like some benzos uh, mixed with alcohol just because of how clonked out he was. Because mm-hmm. they couldn't get him to get up. They were trying to get him to get up to uh, uh, to pee so they could see what was in his system. So they could, you know, if they needed to do anything, they were able to help him out. Um, but, yeah, that didn't work. And, obviously, I was the first one to go in because I was the only family there. And that was a, a, a rush, um, you know, seeing my brother in the hospital bed just like, foam coming out of his mouth and like all these things hooked into him and you know i'm seeing all these like icons next to these people's names and i see his name it's like out all these little icons with like hearts and like x's and i'm like this is freaking me i don't know what's going on because nobody had explained it to me uh like no doctors had come up to me at that point they were literally just like he just came in um he's unconscious um we don't know what's wrong with him uh and so so, yeah, so they like literally they took me back. They're like, here he is. Somebody will come talk to you. I sat there for 30 to 45 minutes probably before anybody came in and told me kind of like what was actually happening. um, Which, you know, I should have like been like, what's, up? you know, I should have been more like what's going on with my brother, all that stuff. But, you know, I'm like, I don't know what to do. I'm like, I, can I touch anything? Should I touch him? Am I allowed to touch him? I don't know. Yeah. So I was just like sitting in the chair because I, I don't. I don't have hospital experience, <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, so that's the situation, right? So just very scary, all that to get back to your question. Um, it's been, it's been very, it's been very good. Cause it's been a, a reminder for me, uh, to check on my mental health. So, you know, I've been, I've been, um, it, it opened up a lot of conversation with, uh, with the people I'm closest with, um, it's, uh, I've, I've been reaching out to a lot of people um, almost every day uh, to just check in on people and just to be fully transparent with people. I'm trying to be good at that and just let people know how I feel. Um, even if it's something that, you know, I feel like I've told them a thousand times or whatever, it's like, I need to, you know, I just want them to know, you know, cause I don't want, I don't want anything.
0: Left one, unsaid, I don't want
1: to, yeah. yeah, left unsaid. And I don't also, it's like, it's not fair for me to expect that people understand how i feel about them right if i haven't told them i can't expect them to truly know how i feel about them so i've been doing that um you know it's also reopened uh the door with uh with my dad a little bit so like family background we're all like great you know what i mean like we're all like close but we're not like we'll go like four like i haven't talked to my sister probably um like when i went and visited casey we went to lunch but before that it's probably been like six months Mm mm-hmm you know, from like talking to my sister at all. I have no idea what my sister is doing. Um, so it's like, we're all still like very close and very supportive, but like, I'll go four or five months without talking to my dad at all or the same, you know, with my sister. And and so it's been one of those things where it's like, we need to put an effort into knowing each other. You know, I, I talked to my dad and I was like, I don't even really know you besides yeah. my dad. Yeah. You know, I have no idea about your childhood or the struggles you went through. I don't know how you felt after your, your mom passed away. Like I don't, you know, and I would like to hear those things. I would like to, you know, as an adult now, I would like to understand those things. So then maybe it will help me understand things about myself, Yeah. you know, um, and that's the big thing it's really like right now it's very like uh, self deep dive right so mm-hmm. I, i'm telling everybody i'm like just all i'm asking you to do is ask a little bit more questions to yourself you know at night ask yourself why do i get angry at these things why do i react in this way and just you know try and break it down and like i'm like that's it True. like just a little a little baby step let me, you know? let
0: me let you in on a secret. What you've uncovered yeah. there is a cheat code to living a happy and healthy life um, because the vast majority of human beings will spend the entirety of their lives going about things pr- prior to where you were, right? Oh, cool. I haven't talked to my sister in six months. No big deal. I know she's fine. I see her post on Instagram. She's good. But the truth of the matter is, Fucking shitty things happen all the time in life, and it's very yeah. possible that you could lose someone very important to you without having them know how you feel about them. Or, like you said, to your father's point, knowing who they are. Um, and I think that level of awareness, and I keep using that word, but it's super mm-hmm. important to be understanding of what you want out of your relationships. Um yep. And people don't necessarily spend that time doing that anymore. They're much more focused on their day-to-day lives. Um, I was lucky enough to have my father on my podcast. It's probably my favorite episode ever because my dad is a very old-school Italian, doesn't tell me he loves me, like just, you know, goomba, like whatever, right? He is (laughs) cliche Italian, (laughs) Uh, And it was one of those things where my podcast has now been something that he's constantly asking me questions about. Who are your guests? Who's coming on? Can't Uh, wait to listen. And he's 75 years old. He barely knows how to turn on his fucking computer, but it's become like (laughs) this bonding point for us. Um, And it's great. Right. But like it had I not gone through the effort. Of understanding that, like, the amount of time that I have with this man in my life is limited. It could be a week, a month, a year, 10 years, and I want to make the most of that time. So you've uncovered a cheat code. I think it's crucially important for people to understand that regret will kill you, right? It will tear you up for the remainder of your life wishing you had said one more thing or texted one more time or had one more meal with the person. And when they're gone, you don't have the ability to be anything other than sad about it.
1: Yeah, no, it's, it's, um, it's a wild thing, man. And like we could, we could talk about this rehab stuff for hours. Cause I love these conversations. And the big reason is it's, it's, it's a reminder for me. Every time I talk about this, it's, you know, it's me putting it out into the world and you have to do that. Um, you need to speak it out. Uh, and that's how you're going to be able to um, like digest it again. I've I've been kind of like explaining it to people. It's like you need to throw all this stuff up, so mm-hmm. you can see what is in your system, right? And then you need to piece it together into something that you can digest and sure. like slightly understand more. Um, and that's really what I mean. That's what rehab is all about. It's all about self awareness and finding your true self. It has nothing to do with the drugs or whatever. It's literally. Rehab is school on how to be happy. Yeah. That is what rehab is. It is not a, you know, obviously it helps with all those uh, types of things, but rehab is needed for everybody, not just addicts. It is needed for everybody. Cause it's anybody that struggles with uh, mental health or depression or anything like that, because, I think, like, when I think about it, right, like my drug of choice was alcohol, right? So Drew alcoholic. Hey Drew. <laughs> <laughs> but but like I was truly addicted to how I felt in that time. I was addicted to my lifestyle, my way of thinking, my um my self-pity, my uh just like the, the my mindset. I was okay with being in that sad part right like Mm -hmm. in in, when i was there it didn't feel like i was okay with it right because i hated it but i was you know i was so comfortable in that space that i didn't want to get help for a long time or i didn't know how right Mm -hmm. and so i was more addicted to that and i feel like a lot of people are and they just don't realize it not necessarily addicted because that's a strong word but just more like comfortable you're comfortable in this spot Um, even if it sucks and you hate it and you feel terrible and all these things, it's like, you are still comfortable in here because you're not actively doing things to fix it. Mm -hmm. You know, all these people are always like, oh, I'm, I'm depressed or I'm, I'm sad and all these things. And it's like, okay, well, what are you doing to, to fix that? And you know, they'll, they'll name off some things, but it's not, it's not an everyday thing. It's like, well, what are you doing to be happy? You know, this isn't this isn't a just a light switch that turns on sort of thing. This is this is workout. This is a workout. You know, are you are you meditating? Are you doing daily affirmations? Are you telling yourself good things about yourself? Um, all these things. And people are always like, oh, it's so hard. It's so hard. I'm like, yeah, because you've let yourself get so low, bro. Yeah. Like, of course it's going to be a climb. It's a big climb. You know, it's interesting. Um,
0: I, I think you you touched on something that's incredibly important. It's like a lot of people don't know that they're not happy, right? Because you go through your life checking boxes and you assume that it's going to fill you up to the place that that, bo- that check box is, is going to do. And when it doesn't, you're presented with a very difficult conundrum of well, I have the white picket fence and the two point five kids and the nice car and the great job, but I don't feel fulfilled. Not yeah. enough people spend the time asking themselves those questions of introspectiveness that I think therapy um, is a huge, yeah, uh, you know, sort of tool to sort of That's unlock. That's all it is, yeah. So you're, all you're it is. So you're like twenty, right? And then fast forward a couple of years, you graduate. You're a couple of years yes. sober into your journey. Yes. Um,
1: back to back to the art stuff.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm super. I'm I'm just wondering, like, so how did uh, photography come to you, right? So like, yeah. it, it, and what was your journey like? Because um, I would love to get an idea of how it has positively impacted you, sort of throughout yeah. the last six or seven years.
1: Yeah. Um, so. Basically, um, so I, you know, got out of rehab, right? And before that, it was all Call of Duty, right? All Xbox, Call of Duty. Uh, before I came home, because I stayed in rehab for about five months. Wow. Um, so, yeah, typically it's like a 30-day thing, but I was like, you know, I, I, I after the 30 days, I was like, I want to make sure, you know, I just want to make sure I'm good. So, stayed another month. And then I was like, after that, I was like, you know, I just really want to make sure I'm good. Stayed an extra two months. And then I was after that, I was like, I just for sure a thousand percent just I know that I'm good but I just want to make sure like I just don't want to go home and mess up so I'm going to stay uh, another two months so stay there for about five months in winter <laughs> which is a blast <laughs> in Minnesota let me tell you yeah uh you know walking to work uh, like an hour to work in zero degree weather was a blast um but uh, it builds character. It builds character. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Artic blasts. I came back, came back and was like, Mom, sell my Xbox, sell my computer. I don't need any. I don't need any. As much as I wanted it, right? I'm like, I need to get it out of my house because it's just not healthy for me, right? So got rid of all that. And then I was in a, a period where i had like no hobbies um i wasn't doing anything uh except for working just typical jobs right i I worked grocery which don't work grocery it's awful hated grocery anybody that says that they enjoyed working at a grocery store is crazy i don't i don't care what they say (laughs) it was a terrible (laughs) experience for me um went from that i went to Freebirds, which is like a chipotle so i can roll a mad burrito so if you need help learning how to roll burrito i got you um and in, in, be, in between that, it was just like, I don't really have anything that I'm doing outside of work. Like, I was just working all the time, like consistently. And um uh yeah, I was still on Twitter because Twitter was still kind of my thing. I was a part of what was called Tumblr Twitter mm. while I was in rehab, which they were like, you need to get off of Twitter. It's not good. <laughs> but I'm like, that's where all my friends are. I've You know, I I don't have friends outside of this because I'd been on the internet for so long. Like, you know, from a high school on up, I had been, all of my close friends were people that I had made connections with on the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was a very hard thing uh, in rehab to, to do, but I, you know, obviously was also on Tumblr at the time and got really inspired by the Pacific Northwest vibes, like the, the faded blacks, the tall, you know, trees, the windy roads, the, the cloudy, wet reflections, all that stuff right that was popular in 2016 i believe um but that was what got me to buy a camera because i was like i want to go do that that looks super cool i would love to do that and i ended up getting a camera ended up just using it for self-portraits because i was still tumblr boy feeling my confidence you know like posting all these selfies being a major just dick bag <laughs> like honestly it was so bad I'm like I took my confidence from rehab and just got even worse of, of a person it was you know I, I can recognize that now but I took advantage of that you know I was like oh my gosh I have confidence and people actually want like girls want to talk to me like this is crazy and I went wild with it right but yeah. um but no I got that's how I picked up a camera and like I said before I didn't uh I didn't really use it for like a long time um I just I don't know. I, I tried doing it, but I was like, dude, I live in Kansas. Like, there's no big, windy, tall trees and windy roads. Like, how do I take these photos when I live in Kansas? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you can't is the thing. <laughs> I mean, you could obviously you could take photos of, and fun photos in Kansas, but it's like that specific style. It just it wasn't possible. Right. Sure um and uh i got one of my buddies that i would go out and shoot with basically it was just one of those things where me and my buddy would go shoot and we would like swap right like he'd be like model for me you know i'll model for you we would go to like parking garages at 2 a.m and take like moody like you know smoking (laughs) photos with like smoke in the air and we thought it was super cool right yeah uh but he was like hey i got this model that wants to shoot Bro, you got to come with me. Like, I, I, I don't, I can't do that on my own. And I was like, oh, okay. I mean, yeah, I'm down. I'm super nervous because I've never done that either. Uh, but ended up hanging out with this quote-unquote model, right? Um, her name is Mariah. Actually, one of my best friends now. Um, and just like really connected with with her when we were taking photos, and it was a lot of fun. And that's when I really fell in love with portrait work. Um, was because I got to meet all these people, right? I started meeting all these really cool people. I got to work with these great, awesome um, models in the area. And so I started building like a little audience in Kansas City um, around portrait work. And it was just, it was just like a fun thing, you know, just like going out and shooting twice a week or whatever. And just, I don't know, just like just trying to go out and shoot as much as possible. Cause it was for me, it was like, I'm not gonna learn unless I go out and do this. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, even it was just like little things. It's like every time I go out, it's like you learn something because it's like the light is slightly different than the day, you know, the previous day or whatever. And so it's you, you have slightly different conditions. How am I going to, uh, you know, solve this like puzzle? Essentially, that's kind of how I think of uh, photography. It's it's a lot of problem solving, right? And mm-hmm. so I thrive in that. I love that. Um, but yeah, I just started making a lot of connections through it, right? And, and so I made a really solid friend group in Kansas City with photographers and models. And it's honestly the best group I've ever had. I've never had that anywhere else. And I was very, um, spoiled. I didn't realize how great that group was until it had fell apart. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and I had, and I had moved, uh, and so I, I missed that a ton. Um, but that's what really helped me get started with my photography thing was, um, yeah, portrait stuff. That's why I fell in love with portraits. It was, being able to connect with people and create really cool, fun photos. And, um, and yeah, and then, you know, there's even more to that story. Uh, but I'll let you, when did you, (laughs) I don't want to talk too much.
0: When did you start seeing like growth on social media? Um, you know, how much time had you put in and what was that feeling like when you started amassing like a substantial following and then that grew even more and like, what was that sort of like for you?
1: Yeah, it was, um, it was wild. Uh, so basically on on instagram um i created my account when i went to a photo meetup my friend dragged me to a photo meetup right and they're like what's your instagram all this stuff i'm like oh i don't you know i'm like i don't want to give them my personal instagram at that time it was just still a bunch of old photos of me being dummy intoxicated (laughs) with my boys in college (laughs) you know like just like just terrible i've since then reported the account because i lost access to it <laughs> i was like this person's impersonating me take it down Oh my they God. took it down which is good That's which is so good funny. so it's, it's it's not there anymore but i i made the account drew photo and i i still i have screenshots of me having like three followers and like following like five people because i took a screenshot when i first went to that uh photo meetup um but i started you know building an audience in in uh kansas city i started just hanging out with other people in kansas city that did the photo stuff that had an audience um and for whatever reason people just really enjoyed my portrait work i you know i i uh, I didn't really like i don't know i didn't do anything major it was just i was just doing it Mm -hmm. all the time i was just i posted well i guess i was doing a lot i posted every single day on instagram in 2017 every day i was posting um it was uh, kind of a challenge to me because Instagram was one of the only social media platforms I, I felt like I hadn't tackled right. Mm-hmm. I had YouTube with the gaming. Did well with that. Check that off the list. Twitter, I had 6,000 followers for being a Twitter Tumblr boy. I was like, <laughs> good enough for me. Check that off the list. I was like, I've never gotten into Instagram. I should get into Instagram. And so, yeah, I started posting all the time, every single day. And uh, built an audience, I, I would say, like, probably around like 3,000 to 4,000 followers at that point, all Kansas City, right? My demographics were like 95% Kansas, or 99% Kansas City and, you know, nothing else, whatever. And um, I was still in a relationship at the time I was doing this, right? And the relationship just was not good. It was very toxic. Uh, there was no trust in the relationship. So especially when I started taking pictures of attractive women, it's really bad and I should have left a long time ago and I made mistakes and went about it the wrong way and you know all that sort of stuff Uh, but um, when I ended that relationship I got back into Twitter because right I did Twitter as like the tumblr boy thing so like my audience was a bunch of women (laughs) like it was probably 70% women 30% male at that time and so I was like, you know, I should start posting on Twitter. I should start posting my photos on Twitter. I like how you can post like four photos and uh, people can see them and the quality's a lot nicer. Um, and so I, I got back on Twitter. My, I had probably like 4,000 followers at that point from, you know, losing like just inactives mm-hmm. and that sort of stuff over two years. I would post, I would get like three likes, nothing, right? I was like, <laughs> oh my gosh, this is, it's terrible out here. Uh, but i, I messaged uh, a lot of my old friends that um had honestly blown up uh since then so i had dm'd them and was like hey um i hope you've been doing well uh i, I know it's been a while but i'm doing this photography thing and here's some of my posts i would love if you could you know maybe you know retweet it for me or just take a look or whatever and you know would love to reconnect right and a, a lot of them retweeted it for me at that time. Obviously, it's a lot different now because it's like, you know, back then it, it wasn't like weird to be like, hey, can you please retweet my stuff? Yeah. You know? Um, so I got that and that gave me um not a ton of followers, but it gave me like a somewhat active following, right? So now instead of getting three likes a post, I was getting 30 likes a post, mm-hmm. 40 likes a post, right? And so I just got really into Twitter. I, I helped form like a little Twitter photo community there on Twitter. Cause there really wasn't one at the time besides just people like you, you see the hashtag of pho- photography on Twitter. It's like, you know, like bird photos or whatever. <laughs> yeah, and it's yeah. just people, you know, doing like hashtag landscape photography. And then it's a photo of a mountain or whatever. Um, so there really wasn't anything besides that. And so I helped kind of create a little Twitter community and Um, one of, some of my friends saw success in that, right? Like one of my friends went viral for the first time in our little group. She went from like 2000 followers to like 17,000 followers overnight. And all of us were like, Oh my God, like what's happening? No way. Like, this is crazy. Like Kelsey, holy shit. Like she did, uh, she did the ugly location challenge, uh, where it was, you know, you choose an ugly location and do a portrait in that location and make it look, you know, fun. And then she also did the, it was a Hobby Lobby challenge where you would go into Hobby Lobby and try and take a portrait in like, you know, like the fake flowers or whatever, (laughs) right? Um, And so she was the one that did those, those both did well. And so in the photo community at that time, it, you know, was something that everybody knew. Everybody was like, oh, Hobby Lobby challenge, (laughs) like, you know, (laughs) so it was was wild, right? So she blew up, at that point had like 35,000 followers and all of us were like, oh my God, this is crazy, this is nuts and then um i started seeing success with my behind the scenes stuff i had one photo that got like 70,000 likes right so wow. i went from 3,000 followers to i think like almost 10k cuz i have a video of me hitting 10k on twitter nice. um i was in a taco shop with my friends in texas that were all photographers right i i literally have Video like my friend started recording an Instagram video like right when it went from 9,999 to 10,000. Super cool. I I, I love looking back on that because it's just good memories with good you know photo friends and um. But that was kind of like the first time that it was like wow like 10,000 followers. This is crazy. You know I didn't have that on Instagram or anything like that. I was like dude, Twitter is great. I love this. Like I love. This this system, it's so much better than Instagram because in, this was when Instagram was like, it was like the first hit of people being like, why can't I see anybody on my feed? Like, where is, like, the algorithm really started to kick in at that point, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, just really dove into Twitter and got around that 10,000 and then kept doing, like, the behind-the-scenes stuff because I was like, oh, it really worked that last time. Let's do another one. And then, like, a month later, did one. Boom, 100,000 likes. I was like, this is wild people love this and so i kept doing it and it was like you know next one it was like 30k next post 60k next post 150k next post 200k next post 350k like wow super super viral like uh and and i got to do you know i got to take photos with like brother nature which nobody really knows who brother nature is anymore because he uh made some mistakes back in 2019 <laughs> but um that'll happen he was like he was like the biggest guy on twitter at that time right he he was the guy that fed like the deer on the side of the roads if you remember oh my name. god i do remember that video yeah. yeah 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 so that was him and he was huge at the time and so we connected that post he he posted it it got 350,000 likes i posted it it got 250,000 likes it was just in In 2019, I had a quarter billion impressions on Twitter. Wow. So I went from 10,000 followers, obviously, to like 100,000 followers within that year. I had I had hit uh, about 30 K before I went to L.A. because I got a job offer uh, through Twitter which is hilarious, right? Somebody just tags me in a post of this tech YouTuber that was looking for people that used iPad because a new iPad Pro was coming out, right? And I edit all of my stuff on iPad Pro. So I replied to him, I was like, hey, my name's Drew. I edit all of my stuff on iPad Pro. Here's some of my work. You know, me just like being the social media guy, I'm like, I should I should do this because this guy has a following. And if a lot of people like it, I'm gonna get followers, right? That's mm-hmm. how I was I very, very social media minded when going through all this stuff. But he DM'd me and he's like, what are you doing this weekend? I was like, the uh, working? And he's <laughs> like, I wanna, I wanna fly you out to be a part of this iPad video. And I was like, oh shit, okay. Uh, yeah, so I, I, I went basically to my boss the next day and was like, so I'm not showing up tomorrow or this whole weekend. I'm flying out to California. And he thought I was talking about the week after. I was like, no, I'm leaving tomorrow. Like my flight is at 7 a.m. tomorrow. Like I'm not gonna be here. <laughs> And so luckily got people to cover me, which was great. So I didn't get in trouble there, um, but went out there and, um, they offered me a job for being there for a day. And so three months later, left Apple, drove to California with my brother, you know, I was like, Hey, you want to move to California? He was like, fuck it. (laughs) So, (laughs) Yeah. So we moved to California and it was a fun experience. Um, and you know, I, I worked with them for about six months. It just wasn't it didn't work out and that's fine but we're still on good terms and everything like that but gained a lot of experience with that and um but yeah after that i was at like forty thousand. and then once i got let go it was like all i had was free time to do creative stuff and so i started doing stuff for like uh little mock ads for companies i was like i really want to do an oreo shoot so i did an oreo little mock-up thing and it got oreo's attention right they replied and they quote tweeted it and i was like this is genius like i should just be doing this so i can get connected with these people so i did the same thing with adidas i got connected with adidas that's i that's how i was able to shoot a campaign with them was because i did a terrible little lightning photo shoot of the shoes that my dad bought me (laughs) in in my in my uh apartment you know and so i did that i did one for coke i did uh, you know, all these different ones. And like back then I knew I had the traction on Twitter to at least get their attention. And so I was getting all these replies and people were freaking out, you know, like, you know, how people freak out when the companies are, you know, yeah. like, you know, they reply and they're like, Oh my God, Holy shit. Like Coca-Cola replied, like, let's go, let's go. <laughs> yeah. Know? Meanwhile, Coca-Cola is run uh, by
0: Steve, uh, the 24 year old, like right? Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> Social so, media you know, intern. <laughs> yeah it was fun you know and um that's i uh yeah so it was just wild dude it really was it was insane um that like I, i just had stuff that went super viral on twitter and then that went like so viral that then people were screenshotting it and throwing it onto instagram and so then all my stuff was getting posted on meme pages. Like I was literally posted on meme, like M-E-M-E on Instagram. It has like 10, 15, 20 million followers or whatever. Didn't get tagged for it. So that was very frustrating, you know, yeah. as a photographer. I'm like, uh, oh, you should have tagged me. Um, but then I also then got onto like an art hub on uh, Instagram. I was like, this is crazy. These people own like 30 accounts that have millions of followers. Right. It's like their top one is like 10 million. And then it trickles down because all they do is they they're like they post and they're like, hey, go check out this other page right. page that does the same thing. And it's all ran, ran by one person or, you know, at least like a company. And so I got on that. And so that's when I saw my Instagram following go from 30,000 followers to 100,000 followers in two days. Wow. I was like, is nuts i'm like what is happening i was also a little sad because i passed myself on twitter and i'm <laughs> like i am no longer i had a tweet out i am officially no longer a twitter photographer i am now an instagram photographer <laughs> that's funny um what is your, so
0: what is your relationship like with social media now because as a person who has an incredibly tiny following i feel no pressure to create i feel no pressure to post i feel no pressure me. to be other anything other than myself but That's you know that, that cheesy Spider-Man line sort of works <laughs> from a from a social media perspective because with great following comes great responsibility to be incredibly active to be posting a lot, yep. sharing a lot. What is that? What is your current relationship like with social media?
1: Yeah. So uh, I'll be honest. Um, the pandemic was very rough for me. Because like like I said, I am not afraid to share. I was very extremely social media minded when it came to my photography, right? Mm-hmm. It was very little. I mean, it was still about the photography, obviously, and learning and sharing that sort of stuff. But it was it was more of what is going to go viral, what is going to get views, how can I do that, and what is the best way to you know go about that, right? So I really leaned into that stuff, right? So social media took over my life. Um and I and I'm just very fortunate that I had that experience previously with the video game stuff as far as like the following and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So I my ego my ego wasn't as shot through the roof as it was when I was, you know, a 16-year-old gamer getting a following, you right. know, where I felt like a freaking god at some certain <laughs> points, you know. Like that's just how you had to survive back then. So it was it it was crazy cuz during the pandemic, um it, yeah, it it dude, it was just hard because Obviously, a lot of things happened during the pandemic, right? A lot of political things happened Mm -hmm. during the pandemic. Um, Stuff that I personally just don't really enjoy talking about. I've never really had a strong care for a lot of those things, which, Mm -hmm. you know, later in life, I probably will. But it's like, I just didn't really... Like, I cared, but, like, I didn't at the same time. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm like, this is just a lot. And, And with the following, I got... Like, people were put expectations on me to to voice an opinion and to be this person that's like you know because i was like the head of twitter i was like the head of photo twitter at that point you know like i was top dog there was nobody really else besides you know brandon wolfle but you know he's just had success on other platforms so like he was still had a following but he wasn't considered like you know the Twitter person. I was I was the photo Twitter person. Everybody, you know, I was a Twitter photographer and all my Instagram friends made fun of me for it. But, <laughs> um, but it was just wild. People expected so much from me. Um, and also it was just I, I hit a huge creative wall. Right. And so I had to really think about a lot of things this last couple of years of like, why am I even doing photography? You know, like this social media stuff It like it took over my life um obviously being like inactive for like a year and a half you see that following deplete so i've had to go through that recently it's like as much as it's like i don't want this to bother me it still bothers me it bothers me to this day you know it's like i can sometimes barely hit a thousand likes on a post when i was spoiled with ten thousand to fifteen thousand likes every post Mm -hmm. that i did and you know it it just got bad because i wasn't doing new content so i was trying to stay active but i was just reposting the same stuff and people were like dude, like we've seen all these things and like, we get it. Like, I'm like, I'm sorry. Like, this is all I have. Like, yeah. I, I haven't posted anything new and I apologize. This is just what did well for me. And then, so it was just bad. Right. Um, but it, it was hard, uh, being in that position. Cause I mean, I had, to, I had people unfollow me and, um, send me big, long messages about how I didn't deserve my following because I wasn't wow. speaking on certain situations. um, they were like if i had that following i'd be using it for the better good and all this stuff and like you know i was like all right then go get your own following you yeah right. like I, you mine. know i'm sorry like that's just like i had a lot of stuff going on like personally with my life and it was like dude i just don't want that in my mentions like i fully support what you're talking about and i've been liking stuff about all that stuff and i've been retweeting stuff about it but like I don't think that I need to say anything about it. Like it's mm-hmm. at this point for me, it's like, well, duh. Like if anybody that thinks that way is stupid in my opinion. And, and I just don't want that in in my mentions. Right. I'm not, I don't, I'm yeah, not trying off. to create this, no, this just thing fuck off. where I have to yeah. look at this. Right. And so, you know, I had, a, I, I was like, how do I go about this being really nice? Cause like when people attack me, I get very defensive and I can get very mean because of my Xbox background. <laughs> I'm like, dude, I know, I know what to say. I, I can, Dude, I, I it's really bad. I can tear people apart and say some really mean stuff. And so I was like, how do I go about this in a nice way? But I, you know, bluntly put it to him. I was like, dude, I think you're on social media too much. Like, if if this is if you think that me posting something about this situation is going to change anything, you are insane. Sorely mistaken. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's just it, that's not you know how it I works. Find... And I urge you to try and get off of it a little bit. You know what? So, I, uh, someone that, it was hard for me.
0: Yeah. Someone tweeted something today that I found. That I like was really, really uh, aligned myself with. <clears throat> and it was like, just because you follow me on social media doesn't mean that you have access to me, right? Like, yeah. that this is social media, this is not real life. We're not friends. You follow me. You interact with my stuff. You may DM me and tell me I'm great, but we are not friends. We are not acquaintances. Mm -hmm. We are not real life people in the same sphere. And I think people, when they get behind that screen, they forget that a lot of times and it can have negative consequences for you for them and it just ultimately leads it's a toxic place is what it ultimately yeah. boils down to. No, it's a toxic it is. Place. It's
1: extremely it's extremely toxic. And even now it's extremely toxic and it's upsetting, honestly, the the state that it's in right now. Um and uh yeah, no, it was just it was just really hard because I lost uh motivation to do anything photography related. I wasn't happy with anything I was doing because it like, you know, in my mind I'm like, this isn't gonna go viral. Like this just isn't good enough to you know, hit that level of what I wanted. Right. And, um, so I really struggled with that on top of people like expecting me to do things and all this stuff. I was like, I am sick of this. Like I, I just, I don't want to be on this application anymore. Um, I muted pretty much half of my timeline, um, blocked so many people, uh, and yeah it was just it was hard during that time with with the followers um and even now dude it's it's still weird especially in the in this nft space and it's like i can't really talk to people about this because it's it's
0: they're at the beginning and it's like oh
1: well just like oh poor me i have so many followers it's so hard you know it's like i don't (laughs) want to be that person you know because like i it sounds like that and i get that but like Especially in this NFT space, it's I think it's it's hard for me with a following to get into it because people see me as somebody like oh he's already established oh he already has this like he doesn't need anything Mm -hmm. like he doesn't does he even need this like he already has all these you know he's got 120k on uh, Twitter 150k on Instagram 500k on TikTok like this guy's good he doesn't need our help or whatever and it's like i'm over here like bitch i am broke. please somebody <laughs> please somebody help me yeah so it's it's been weird there's pros and cons to having a following um i think it's been really cool because i'm able to connect with people a lot easier um and that's just because i have a fun number besides beside my name um and i think it's silly that you know that's how it works but that's how it works and so it's opened up a lot of doors uh it opened up the door back into the gaming world for me i'm i you know i'm a part of a gaming team as a photographer sweet uh, yeah that's how i got to meet my girlfriend i got uh, flown out to take photos at the Fortnite world cup i had a couple free days in new york she happened to be in new york and that's how i met her for the first time so Dude. you know it's all these like weird little things that you know <laughs> happen for a reason and um yeah, it's just, dude, it's crazy to think about all this. Cause I, when I picked up a camera, I never in my life thought that it would be this, or it wasn't my intention to do that. Right. Like I didn't get into photography to be like, I want to get a lot of followers or Mm -hmm. like, I want to blow up. Like, obviously it was like a, that would be cool, but it wasn't like, that just wasn't what it was about. It was about just learning and being like, Oh, this is really fun. I'm learning all these things. And yeah, man, it's wild when I think about it. I'm, I'm extremely grateful to be in the position that I'm in. Um, even after, you know, the year and a half of inactive things, it's like I still am very grateful. Um, you know, I still have a, like I've had a lot of really cool opportunities. I've met a lot of cool people, made a lot of really awesome connections with people. And I'm extremely blessed to be in the position that I'm in. And I know that. And I remind myself of that every single day. And um And so it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, I hate, you know, the thing I hate so much is when people meet me and they're like, dude, I'm so nervous to like, talk to you. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, why are you nervous? Like, don't do that to me. Like, that makes me feel so weird. Like, I'm not that cool. I'm not cool. I am not cool. Like, stop. I disagree. <laughs>
0: like, I disagree. You know but that I mean? is funny. It's like, dude, I'm not the number next to my name on Twitter, right? Like, I'm just yeah, a person. Like, that is not. Yeah, that's funny. I think you said something that's super uh, interesting, because my relationship with social media is very love-hate, right? So, like, I hate Instagram because I've got to post reels so someone will actually see my fucking shit. (laughs) And I love Twitter, but I've loved Twitter for 10 years, right? And I was never really focused on how many followers I had or how many likes I was getting. And... Now, I'm almost like, wow, I think I may have made a mistake not focusing on that stuff. And I think what it really ultimately boils down to is it's super irrelevant, right? I get to wake up and two years ago, I lost a job. It brought me to this path where I now am able to pick up a camera every day I want, go to work, create cool shit, whether it's for myself or for someone else. And that's just fucking blessed, right? I'm not rich, I'm not poor, I'm surviving. And I'm making the most out of my life. And that ultimately Absolutely. is what's important, right? It's not yeah. it's not the number of people who follow you, the number of people who like your stuff. While all those things make you feel good for 45 seconds, at the end of the day, if you're able to create a life for yourself where you're happy, where you're fulfilled, where you're able to do the thing you love, that's ultimately the only thing you can ask out of life, in my opinion.
1: Yeah. No, I agree with that um, a thousand percent. Uh, you know, it's like I've always... Uh, you know what is you know like wealthy or being rich in in your mind like what is success right Mm -hmm. what is success in your mind success in my mind is just being okay with where i'm at today and living today the the best that i can and enjoying what i'm doing that is success to me um is just being okay you yeah. know, just being okay, like. But for a while, okay, you probably in, didn't.
0: In the thing. For a while, you didn't put any focus on being okay, right? And no. the growth, of, no, but like to pay you a compliment, the growth of yourself as an individual human being, to understand mm. that being okay in of itself is success is huge. Because a lot of people measure success is how much money's in the bank, what car am I driving, what watch is on my wrist, and a number of things that don't ultimately fulfill human beings, right? Yeah. And yeah. to be able to cognitively look at yourself and say, I just am happy and I feel fulfilled being okay is fucking amazing
1: yeah and i'm trying to get to that point right because this last couple years have been really hard it was a it was a reminder for me i had suicidal thoughts for the first time in nine years dude that scared the shit out of me yeah um because and it was very hard for me because it's like i felt like a failure you know for the for the first time in a long time like obviously you know you have things where you feel like a failure but i felt like a true failure because it's like how did i allow myself to get back to this point you know because i spent like i said i was in rehab and i stayed for six months, because I was like, I want to make sure that I'm good. And, you know, I felt like I had those tools and all that stuff. But this last year, two years has been a real test you well, know it's been I would, really hard
0: i would really hope that the extraneous circumstances of a global pandemic allows you <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> the yes, leash i know i, I to, gotta uh, let you know you know be a little bit more lenient on myself yeah. i get that but if still, there's at the same any time it freaks me out
0: no it's understandable because you're not that person anymore so to have those recurrent feelings that you had a decade ago is alarm bells, which ultimately proves that you're in a much better position than you were 10 years ago, right? That in and of itself is proof that you've made to a place that is acceptable and wonderful. Um, I like to spend the last bit of every podcast doing like a little bit of a rapid Q and a, some are easy, some are hard.
1: Um, I'll try my best, but yeah, just first
0: thing or whatever that comes to mind, but what's your favorite book?
1: Ooh, whew. Uh, let's do um, the uh, series of Unfortunate Events because it's the last and probably only book that I've actually <laughs> ever read in my life. Uh, yeah, the whole series. It's the only series that I've fully read and I read it in like middle school. Lemony, I probably haven't read a book since. Lemony Snicket. Lemony Snicket. Yeah, nice. yeah, I loved it. What's, an unfortunate uh, Events, my favorite.
0: What's your favorite movie?
1: Favorite movie? Oh, gosh. Or movies. Oh, gosh. You give me a couple uh let's see uh off the top of the dome let's go with water boy let's go with inception oh yeah let's go with uh gosh i'm trying to think favorite favorite movies of all time uh i'm a big sucker for like anime and stuff like that like uh naruto love naruto lots Mm -hmm. of fun lessons in there uh yeah that's all i can think of right now
0: (laughs) what's your what's your favorite food
1: favorite food um hmm i guess it depends on the day but i do love some mexican food and basically anything with a lot of cheese queso dip is a top tier thing nice. and um realizing that queso is not like a true mexican dish it's like, an american it was, thing it was, it, yeah i was like <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like what
0: you like fuck yeah, me so, why yeah. is it called queso and not like cheese I dip? Know.
1: <laughs> i know right so yeah i love i love mexican food and chinese food those are probably the two top faves for me
0: nice um do you believe in an afterlife
1: Um, who that's a good question. Uh, kind of right because of my experience with rehab, uh, I really clinged on to the, uh, the belief of a higher power. Right. Uh, so I I do believe that there's something greater than myself out there. I do believe it's putting me on the right path. Uh, as far as the afterlife, I do believe in something. I just don't know what that is. Is it reincarnation? Is it heaven? Is it all these things? I'm not sure. Um, I should think about that more and have like a more firm belief, I think personally uh, because that would just mentally I think be good for me, but I think where I'm at now is is good enough, and I, I believe that there is something out there for sure. I just don't know what it is.
0: I agree, and uh being that this is gonna be about my eighty first episode, um it's a very common seventy to eighty percent I would say like eight to ten people think there's something else, which i I find incredibly reassuring. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: What, uh, what inspires you?
1: Um, everything, um, people, uh, I, I get inspired by literally anything I can. Right. Cause, uh, I, I relate it to my rehab experiences with like trying to find little things that happen throughout my day. It's like as cheesy as it is, dude, you can find inspiration in everything. Like if you go to the mall, like look at, like I go into Sephora and look at the beauty makeup photos. I'm like looking at the eyeballs of these models and I'm like, how did they set up this lighting? Oh, it looks like they used a bounce and like a big softbox over here on the left side. And it's like, oh, you can see that. And it's like, I find inspiration with everything, even like like bottles, like Coca-Cola bottles or like any sort of product. Cause it's like, there is a team behind it that chose specific colors to present this product. Why did they choose these colors? What hmm. do these colors mean? Like I really try to really try and find inspiration in everything. Um, as far as just like in life in general though, it's it's just people man people inspire me uh the connections that i have those people inspire me and to uh the, the people that i've lost through uh addiction also inspire me um to keep going to keep doing what i'm doing to be a uh uh you know a model for them and it's it's not fair to them you know i, I feel like i owe it to them to keep doing what i'm doing cuz um cuz yeah you know that's a that's a little deeper thing but yeah that those was, people uh, inspire
0: me too That's very beautiful i like that Um, what gives you confidence?
1: Ooh, the confidence has been a tough thing for me even now. Um, it's, it's, I'm dummy confident in the things that I know I'm good at, Mm -hmm. but outside of that, I struggle with confidence, um, quite a bit. Uh, but as far as what keeps me confident, man, it's, it's a hard, it's really hard for me. Um, I need to be better about, you know, constantly giving myself affirmations and that sort of stuff. Uh, But as far as confidence in in that realm, it's like really it's on you to get get yourself confidence. It's you got to check yourself. You got to tell yourself good things because the more you hear something, the more you're going to believe it regardless. So like when you keep telling yourself these negative things, like, of course, you're going to think negatively about yourself because you're the one talking to yourself all the time. So you're going to believe it. Mm -hmm. So start telling yourself happy things. I need to start doing that, too, and speak it out in a mirror to yourself. That's how you build confidence within yourself and anything that you want to do. Talk to yourself, reassure yourself, consistently do it, fake it till you make it, it works.
0: I love that. Um, What's the best piece of advice someone has ever given you?
1: Mm, (laughs) Um, I've got a lot of those, right? Because of the the rehab thing. Um, I think what I just shared is a a great piece uh, for me. Um, Another piece is you can't change anything about anybody. You can only change yourself. Uh, you can be an inspiration for people to better themselves, but you can't physically change anything that somebody is going to do. Ultimately is up for them to decide and they have to be the ones to figure that out. Right. You can't be the ones to give them the answer uh, and truly understanding that because people understand that. Right. They do, but no, not a lot of people fully accept that. Right. Like they don't, I don't think they truly really think about it. And so there's just a lot of things that it's like, it's out of your control. Don't let it bother you, you know, as it's terrible, like the situation with my brother, for example, it's like, you know, if, if he decides to go drink and, and kill himself, that's, you know, that's his decision. Mm I, I have voiced how I feel about the situation. I've done everything that I can, but I can't do anything about the situation as bad as that sounds. And as much as I don't want that to happen, it is a possibility and it is out of my control. And so just being aware of that sort of thing and, Um, That's probably the best advice. And I, you know, I'll think about 20 other answers as well when we keep going. But yeah, (laughs) Uh,
0: I think that's a a crucial important thing that you touched upon there is uh, letting go and uh, allowing people to control their own outcomes, right? Like be confident and be comfortable in what your level of input is into someone else's life and understand that at the end of the day, the rest is up to them. Um, I think that's super important. Uh, Last question. Give me a recommendation for something that you've recently consumed. It could be a TV show, a movie, a podcast, a book, anything, Uh, just a video game, whatever you want. Just give me something that you've recently consumed that you think uh, everyone should check out.
1: Okay. So this will be a little bit of a weird one. Um, I'm going to share you something that I've been doing personally that I learned in rehab. So it's not necessarily a book or anything that you can pick up. Uh, that's been helping me out quite a bit. I will give you like a, a, a show that I've been watching. That's been fun, but I'm also going to give you this one. So I do this thing, uh, at, I've been trying to do this thing daily. It's called uh, 10 at 10. And what it was is that we would go over the 10th step of AA at 10 o'clock. So that's just why we called it 10 at 10. Uh, what the 10th step is, is it's just a self-assessment of your day, right? It's just really checking yourself. And so every day, uh, at 10 o'clock, I would go through my fears for the day, my resentment for the day, my ego, my dishonesty my amends and gratitude and doing that helps so much just every day because you don't realize how much shit you have piled up in in your life right Mm -hmm. it's funny they told me in rehab it's like you are all sitting on a giant pile of shit and you guys don't even realize it because they're so used to the smell (laughs) right yeah and it's like that's how that's how it gets right and it's like if you're not actively trying to clean that up or at least acknowledge it you're not going to know that it's there and so, doing that—that self-assessment—one gets you to do that, right? It's you, you're cleaning out the the stuff in your life. You're finding all these things and and really speaking it out. Whether it be, you know, a fear that happened, you know, five five years ago, or like you resent something from somebody that happened ten years ago. You know, it's like if it bothered you today, lay it out, put it out. And that is something that I wish more people did. Just some sort of self-assessment asking yourself questions and digging deeper. Uh, But on the fun side of things, uh, Moon Knight. I don't know if you've been watching Moon Knight on Disney Plus, but oh my gosh, it's so good. And uh, it's, yeah, the recent episodes have been very Inception-y feely. And I'm like, oh my God, I (laughs) love this. It's got like a deep story. It's like heart-tuggy. And I'm like, oh, this is great. It's all like fun animation, fun like weird twist like deep kind of like wow hard struggle and then like inception like mind mess all yeah i'm like this is great i can't wait i think actually an episode came out today so i'm gonna tomorrow. have to tomorrow. watch that tomorrow? tomorrow okay yeah. tomorrow can't wait for it yeah. i'm so excited i watch it
0: too it's great um i'm gonna recommend the dropout on hulu with amanda Seafried playing elizabeth holmes oh, yes. the theranos psychopath holy shit amanda Seafried is incredible in this role the scale of the fraud that Elizabeth Holmes committed as the head of this company is remarkable. I had watched a documentary on it like a year or two ago, and I was floored yeah. by it then. And then watching it get acted out by professionals was just wild. It, she was so good. She better win Which one is this? The Dropout.
1: Dropout. What is it? It's a, it's it's a film based off a, it's a documentary it's a sh- it's or a real story. It's a show
0: series about the Elizabeth Holmes who created the company Theranos sure. with the blood testing in the little capsules that never really existed. It was fucking, it's, it's wild.
1: Interesting. Watch it. Dude, it's I crazy. Love that stuff. It's crazy. I love that stuff.
0: I, she recently was found guilty on X number of accounts out of X number of things and she Oof. doesn't get sentenced till September. I hope that she gets 20 plus fucking years. This yeah. person is a fucking lunatic. Just terrible. Terrible yeah. human being.
1: That, that's crazy. Dude, I love documentaries like that. Um, I'm trying to think of the most recent one that I watched. Dude, my girlfriend's obsessed with like the serial killer, just like <laughs> crime stuff. So I've watched all of them that's <laughs> on like Hulu and HBO Max and all of that stuff. There's some really interesting ones. There's actually one that's uh, like hits home here in Nashville because there's like a cult church here and there's a documentary on it I can't remember what it's called but it's crazy because like six months ago uh the like the founders of this church like the head honchos they all died in a plane crash in the the lake like 20 minutes from me wow. like we literally went and took photos like three days after the crash that they like police were still everywhere like searching for the bodies because they hadn't found them dude it's it's wild super Colts like super crazy like just like it's it's crazy how easily you know people can manipulate people Mm -hmm. when they're in these um searching you know like these yeah when they're in that period of time where they they feel lost and it's just it's it's wild to me like i just i love that sort of stuff like diving in deeper into like how us humans operate right because we all operate very similarly uh, similarly as much as we want to like have our differences Like what I learned in rehab is like, dude, we are all the same. Yeah, we're monkeys.
0: We're apes. We We are are...
1: all the same, bro. Like we relate so heavily. Even if you have a different experience than me, we experience similar emotions and you can relate to me in some sort of way. It's not going to be the exact way. But the issue is, is if if I'm not open to that, that's where it becomes an issue. It's when you close that off and it's like you don't understand how I feel. That's not true. You do understand how I feel to an extent, right? Yeah, we just disagree. yeah, 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 which is so, totally fine. I just I love that stuff. Me and too, man. Yeah, I appreciate I'm, all the all the questions, bro. I do. am with been you. Fun. Uh,
0: I've got a very cheesy line. Uh, if you've been on my podcast, you're part of my family, uh, Drew. I find you to be one of my true joys out of this whole NFT space. You're just a really cool fucking dude, and uh, I'm super glad that we've been able to become friends in this space over you know this m- couple months or whatever that we've been interacting. Uh, I'm inspired by your work. I'm inspired by the person that you are, and I'm incredibly appreciative of you spending this hour with me today and uh I just really really greatly enjoyed my time and thank you so much for coming on.
1: No, thank you for for having me here man and and Ditto bro. It's been it's just been cool man. Like I said, dude, connections are everything to me and it's so cool that we're able to make these connections on the internet, you know, even 20 years ago like this was a very unknown, you know. My mom was like, <laughs> "Don't talk to anybody on the internet. They're all going to kidnap you and do all these things to you and Um, it's just wild. Yeah. And I appreciate the connection that we've been able to make and I appreciate you connecting me with, uh, your friend Taylor and I'm excited to hang out with her tomorrow and, and meet her. And, um, yeah, you know, that's what life's all about, man. It's all about the connections that you make. And, um, yeah, I, I, I just appreciate the, uh, the relationship that we've you know created our our little friendship here even just over twitter spaces and dude it's it's crazy that you've only been doing this photography stuff for two years i didn't know that that's super cool and um yeah i'm proud of you man like keep going like uh like those are the in my opinion like the the best times right for me and my photography journey was like those first couple of years because eventually you're going to hit that wall and it's going to be tough but like bro enjoy it man you're in that like mm-hmm
0: create create you're create. in
1: that dude yeah dude and I, I'm, I'm i'm proud of you for doing that and i'm happy that you're in a spot where you know you feel happy doing what you're doing and i think ultimately uh, for me that's all i can ask for right is being happy doing what i'm doing um i don't need to be a millionaire i don't need to have all these nice things as long as i'm as long as i have a roof over my head and i have transportation and i'm enjoying what i'm doing man i am i'm good and that's all i need. And um, yeah, it's just cool. I, I appreciate your insight on everything. And yeah, I, I just love it. I love this. And thank you for having me on the podcast. And um, yeah, sorry for talking so much. Uh, don't be I, sorry, I man. Loved, I love talking. Hey, you
0: know? fucking men, I love you. Thank you so much for coming on. Take it easy.